Hello and welcome to Fofop. Yeah, Fofop. Uh, the occasional podcast that I do. Anyway, this is uh, back to the back to the original Fofop lineup. Uh, myself and Dave Anthony. Uh, Dave and I hadn't been in the same place for well, well you know. A fair while as we work out in this podcast, but um, we decided that we would uh, get together over Skype uh, and the magic of the World Wide Web and we would record a podcast. So this is it. Hope you enjoy it. Um, if you are a fan of Fofop, I would say just subscribe to it through your whatever podcast app you use uh, because, you know, they come out occasionally, but you might miss them along the way if you're interested in it. So um, uh, yeah, uh, I have another podcast, of course, it's called Tofop. We That one comes out weekly if you like AFL football but you don't like intelligent conversations about it uh, I have a podcast called Two Guys One Cup that I also do with Charlie and uh, I have a more serious podcast which is called Philosophy, where I interview people about their philosophies of life so there you go um, yeah, that, that's the plug for all those uh, the reason that I'm actually doing a tiny little intro here is because if you are in Darwin I am coming your way for the Darwin Festival I'm going to be doing my Legal show which is the show about being arrested on the way to Wagga Wagga not touring a lot this year, but I've got the occasional show, uh, you know, every now and again. And uh, Darwin is one of those. So it's probably going to sell out pretty quick. So if you're in Darwin or nearby and you want to come and see the show, it's now on sale. There you go. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers. The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Hello and welcome to Fofop. Uh, I'm Will Anderson, my very irregular podcast, but it still it limps on, much like the, I guess like much like the movie finale of the TV show Deadwood. That's taken a long time to actually get there, but I'm hoping will be worth the wait. Uh, we're back. This is like this is essentially your core Fofop. I welcome uh, guest Charlie number one, Dave Anthony. Hello, Dave. Thank you. It's been a while. I, and I looked to see when the last time you recorded one, and it's been uh, months. Yeah, and then it was months before that. But I don't even know the last time we did one together. Did you? Did you look at that? No, I actually didn't. Uh, but okay. it's, oh my, it's got to be like a year or something. Yeah, Michael's gonna gonna have to look that up. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I it's gonna have been a long time since we've last sat down and done a faux fop together. But uh, uh, October thirty first, two thousand and eighteen. There you go. So it's been. Oh. what's that? Six months. Six months. That that was that's a whole new level of of fofop I'm not used to. Oh, the idea information that- <laughs> information popping up on the screen. <laughs> it's like we have some sort of AI uh, help now. We should point out that yes, I am in Australia. I'm in Melbourne, Australia, um, and uh, you are in uh, just outside of Los Angeles, California. And wh- what room of your house are you in, if you don't mind me asking? Because I haven't been to your house. And uh, when you first came onto the Skype uh, that we're talking over today, 
it did look a little bit like a bunker. You were in the dark. Okay. You were surrounded by books yeah. that could have been all filled with conspiracies. It did feel That's like right. you might have gone full Dave Anthony. Yeah, no, there's definitely conspiracy books behind me. Um, it is the game room, which is my son has taken over. Uh, so it is. It, it was going to be my office, but it is now a 100% game room. The game room based on, of course, the Michael Douglas movie, The Game. That's right. It's a theme. (laughs) My son loves that movie. He loves it. Um, How are you, sir? We we decided we needed to, like, because we haven't been in the same country for, you know, well, since probably October 31st, 2018. Um, (laughs) So we decided that we should do one of these anyway over the magical powers of the World Wide Web. And how how are things in the United States of America? I mean, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) the the country i live in is burning to the ground (laughs) literally and figuratively (laughs) so what what should what should we start with because the funny the, the irony is that you know about seven years ago you and i sat in a hotel room uh at the standard hotel i believe it was uh yeah in west hollywood and we recorded uh well barely recorded a uh podcast (laughs) that was about uh, the subject of climate change. And it was a podcast that was never released, partly because of the audio quality, but partly because essentially about half an hour into a podcast, two middle-aged men just were so sad talking to each other alone in a hotel room. Like, I imagine there's been immense levels of sadness that have happened between two men alone in a hotel room at The Standard, but I don't think they've ever been surpassed by the depths of despair that we encountered that day, and yet it feels like in the time since then, the world has caught up to the podcast. <laughs> it ended It ended like, uh, like the end of the Blair Witch, uh, <laughs> which is... <laughs> just you in a corner <laughs> gently banging your head on a wall <laughs> uh yeah i think we have um very much caught up to the conversation that we had on that podcast i wonder if we could release it now just or, i actually wouldn't even be nice to listen to but but yeah it's we live in t- we live in the two countries that are apparently going to deny this is happening well, we, it's fine in our country because we had an election um, where one of the parties said it's definitely happening and the other one who was like, nah, I reckon coal's pretty good. Um, and they were like, well, at last, at last we've got a, a real good choice. We've got a clear choice between the party that's stuck their fingers in their ears and gone la, 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 coal, literally, literally led by a guy for the Americans listening, and you can Google this to see that it's true, who one day – Brought, brought a lump of coal into the Australian Parliament and sat in the Parliament holding his lump of coal versus a guy who was like, yeah, climate change, I reckon, is a thing we should do something about. And Australians <sighs> voted for the coal guy. <laughs> I mean, it's just... <laughs> it, like, we all, I think we all had faith that other countries would do the right thing and America would be the outlier. Um, but then again, I was reading about it and like your Shorten, that's his name, Shorten, yeah. great name for a, a political leader. Uh, he, he's saying it's happening and that, that you need to have a climate emergency, but at the same time, he's supporting the opening of the biggest coal mine in Australia. So it's stuff like that where it's like, well, what do you actually mean? 
Right. So, well, okay. So the the leader is Scott Morrison. He's the guy who won. He was up against Bill Shorten. So yeah. Bill Shorten, uh, Bill, it turns out, is a terrible name for um, a political leader who's going to run on higher taxes uh, because all the ads were just plays on the bill Australia can't afford. So, yeah. Now, what you might be seeing there is our the, the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, or as he likes to be called, ScoMo. That's true. No, he prefers it's that you not. call him ScoMo. It can't be. <laughs> yes. It can't be. No. Okay, I'm going ha- to hang up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his name's Scott Morrison. He's uh, he represents the widest electorate uh, in Australia per capita. Um, he is a member of the Pentecostal Church. You know the sort of ones who think you get rich if you know God. God blesses you by giving you money. Um, yeah. And he, um, uh, yeah, he's the guy who brought a lump of coal to Parliament. He's an ex advertising guy, and so he's all about branding. So he's not Scott Morrison. He's Scomo, and he was up against a guy called. <laughs> Yeah, the Prime Minister of our country. Like, when I met him, he literally said, call me ScoMo. And I said, I will not, sir. You are the Prime Minister of our country. And as much it's as I disrespect Australian. your policies, I don't disrespect the position enough to call you Prime Minister ScoMo. But anyway, it turns but out that worked and he won. Make Australia great again. But your guy also cried about his mom, so that wasn't great. Okay, well, no, he's not my guy either. I don't like Bill Shorten either. Like, it was... This was these, is he is he is he like the version of of uh, a centrist in America, like a Hillary Clinton, yeah. a Joe Biden? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, on a much, I mean, I think probably even our our right wing party, you know, the the Liberal National Party, the ones who've who've retained government, I still think, in a general sense, for the things that we think in Australia are sort of universal rights, like Medicare and and you yeah. know these sort of things, both of our parties on probably 70, 80% of the things are still probably to the left of the Democrats in the US, right? right? right. Because, you yeah. know, your whole system is further, you know, away to the right than ours is. However, right. the same problem exists in that both of those parties have become often indistinguishable centrist parties when it comes to, you know, economic rationalism and, you know, capitalism and all these sort of things, you yeah. know, so... So absolutely, like if you are a person whose politics are, uh, you know, to the left of, you know, what is considered that centrist mainstream opinion, then you would not vote for either of those those parties. And I have only ever voted for one of those parties once, and it was in 1994 yeah. or something like that. So, you know, to give you an indication. Sure, that makes sense. Um, well, congratulations on the, the result. Um. Yeah, I think America is fucked, and I think that uh, Trump is going to win again. <laughs> and I just think we're fucked. Well, after what just <laughs> happened in Australia, like, I mean, I, 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 it's hard for me to doubt that that is true. Because what it looks like from, uh, from afar, you know, with what's happening in the US, is that, remember before, I mean, he told us this. You know, like, we can't even complain in a way because it's like one of those movies where you realise that in the first scene a character said something that, like, there's a famous scene in Shaun of the Dead where they have, like, a little conversation in the pub at the start and they explain what their night's going to be and it's actually uh-huh. quite clever because it's also the entire plot of the, the rest of the movie. So if you look back on it, yeah. the way they describe what the night out's going to be actually tells you what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. Remember when before the election Donald Trump said he could just shoot someone <laughs> in the street and no one would care? He said it. 
And all he's yeah. done since then is prove that is absolutely true. A hundred percent. It's what it's one hundred percent true. He he literally could do it now, and his fans would be like, and they're fans. Yeah, they would be like, oh yeah, that's cool. That was pretty cool. He shot a guy. I mean, he really shot him. It was really awesome. I mean, the real the real problem is is that the Democrats. Uh, I don't know what they stand for, or they don't stand for anything. They still they still won't take firm positions on things, and they still so. A good example is what we were just talking about with the. You've got Shorten who's saying he's he's climate change is real, and then also so the party is supporting an, a, a mine opening, a coal mine, a huge coal mine. Mm. Well, like they all say, we need Medicare for all, which is universal health care, which would be a government-run system. And then they say that, and then they go, but everybody can keep their private insurance. And you're like, okay, so that's not that's not the thing you're doing. So they just. They say things and the meaning is completely different. And then when you try to run a campaign on that kind of shit, it's just gobbledygook. And then you have a guy over there just saying Muslims are bad. And everyone goes, well, that guy is saying something for re- that's real. Uh, OK, so tell me what the the, the state of because what we're seeing from over here is that there's a whole bunch of, you know, Democrats or, you know, people who are lining themselves up to run against Donald Trump. In the next election. Yeah. So give us a bit of a call of the card. Because for in Australia, a lot of those names aren't people that, that we really know, unless you're a person who's delving into the world of American politics. But I imagine that most Australians would probably know uh, Joe Biden and they would know Bernie Sanders, but they probably don't know a heap of the other people. And, and that's really the same thing with most Americans, honestly. Um, so what? So here's how it breaks down. Bernie Sanders is the most popular politician in America. By far. Um, so he, if he runs, he has a really good chance of winning. Uh, but he's, he's not a socialist, but he's, he's, you know, he leans socialist. Uh, so that really upsets the democratic party because they are, as Nancy Pelosi said, uh, we're capitalists. Um, so what's happening is, or appears to be happening is that the Democrats, are scared Bernie Sanders will get enough of the electoral votes in each state to win the nomination. And they want it to go to the convention without him outright winning the nomination because then they can take it away from him. So what it seems like they're doing is running a popular politician in each state that has no chance of winning the election but can take enough votes away from Bernie in each state to to make it so that he doesn't win the primary outright and they have to vote for it at the convention. Okay, have these guys heard of Donald Trump? Are they not aware <laughs> he's the guy they're meant to be? I I 100% believe at this point that the Democrats would rather have Donald Trump in power than Bernie Sanders. So, okay, explain to me why that why that is. Because he's going to undermine everything that they believe in, which is essentially neoliberalism. Um, they they want to they want to continue the money train rolling in Washington. They they all have really nice houses and they send their kids to private school and they make tons of money. And this is also there's consultants that I mean the amount of money that's being made in Washington is just mind boggling. It used to be thirty years ago the most expensive uh, counties around the country were spread around New York, LA, San Francisco. Now the seven most expensive uh, 
housing prices and everything else counties are around Washington, D.C., because it's just money is just flowing in. So they want to keep the money train going. And they know if someone like Bernie Sanders gets elected, his whole thing is like, blow that up. So they'd rather have a bad guy in power than a guy that takes away their ability to make money. But it's so here's what I don't understand about that is that it's not like Bernie would be able to change everything anyway. Like unless, no. you know, he would might be able to come in and influence things in a different direction and, you know, make, but the changes that he's talking about, some of them are such big changes that, you know, even if he got two terms and, you know, I think in his second term, he'd be like, what, 125? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But like, even if he gets two terms, like, it's not like America is suddenly going to become like a socialist country. It's more right. about the implementation of some of those, you know, you know, major policies or, you know, turning things, at least kind of stopping some of the leaks in the boat more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, he can do what's called executive uh, orders and he can change stuff that way, which they're scared of. But yeah, he can't make big change. But what he would do is, I mean, since I was uh, a child, the argument has always been, you got to go to the middle, you're losing election. There's no way you can go left. What he would do is, is blow that argument to smithereens. And then they have a problem because then their argument for the past 40 years no longer exists. And that's the real fear. Uh, Once a actual guy that far on the left gets elected, they don't, they, they can't do the, the lesser of two evils thing anymore. Well, the other thing is that, if you're playing the game of we've, because I understand intellectually, there's some sense in the idea of you have two opposing parties, like at its purest, at its best, right? You have two sort of, you know, competing ideologies. We're all agreeing on the same thing. We want to educate people. We want to get people to have healthcare, blah, blah, blah. And then you have two competing ideologies over how you best do that. And through the debate between those two ideologies, you come up with an idea that probably is going to, for most people, be the best sort of compromise idea. Okay, I get the... When you explain it like that, it seems pretty reasonable, right? And the idea Mm -hmm. of meeting in the middle in that situation, you go, okay, well, that makes sense to a certain degree. But the problem is, if you're playing the game of meeting in the middle and only one of the uh, uh, sides has agreed to that game, that's right. <laughs> they keep moving yeah, to the they, right, and the the, uh, com- the, yeah. the other party's like, "Well, we have to meet in the middle, so we have to move more to the right." They're not playing <laughs> yeah. the same game. Stop playing. Let's meet in the middle. That's like me saying, "Hey, um, we should meet in the middle, you and I," and then I actually move further away from America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's a great example is the healthcare plan we have now, right? Obamacare, which he he ran on Medicare for all, a government plan, Medicare for all, and then as soon as he got in office, he was like, "Yeah, it's going to be too hard. Let's just take the Republican plan from nineteen ninety six, and we'll do that." Because that so is it's now, a right wing. That's now middle ground for us. That's their middle ground. Their middle ground is literally like, remember what the Republicans did 15 years ago? Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what's... I go, so you're literally just admitting that the country is moving to the right. Like, that's, you're just saying... So that's like, that's their whole ball game, And and people are done with it. They're just fucking done. So... So, okay. So run us through these, um, who these people are. Like, who's most likely at this stage if Bernie... If, they, if their burn Bernie plan works... Who is like, and I think, and I think it will. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's weird because you know our 
what are we, 18 months away or some shit? Like, our, our election system is mind-bogglingly stupid. The fact that we have an election this long is just... So, in the past, you can't make the call at this point. Uh, because, like, Barack Obama was nobody at this point before he won, and Hillary was a shoe-in, you know? Uh, Biden is never going to win. He's a terrible campaigner. He, I mean, for my entire life, he's run like four times, and it's always just a joke, this shit he says, and you're just like, oh, God, Biden's saying something. It, he'll never win. Also, it seems to me, and look, look, this is observing from afar, because I'm sure that for those who follow American politics, you are perhaps more aware of some of these things, but essentially from afar, Biden at the end of Obama had such a fun reputation like his reputation was kind of just like he's obama's mate and look how good friends yeah. they are and like it's like reverse driving miss daisy and like you know <laughs> look they're always fun and joe everybody loves joe and then he's running for yeah. president and you're like wow he's some like creepy old dude that keeps saying really <laughs> really stupid things about economics and the environment and stuff what are you doing man yeah, he's he's yeah. I mean, his nickname was Gaff Joe because uh, he made so many gaffes. But he is he is such an idiot because he had a legacy. He was right. just going to be the sidekick guy that everybody liked, and he's just burning it down. Like the shit that's coming out about that guy is just insane, and it'll never stop. I mean, they just found a new video today of. Of him, like saying how great this Confederate uh, general was, and all, and you're just like, it just never ends with him. It's well, also it's like relentless. just even people advising him because when he got like you know, you know, in trouble for his sort of touchy feeliness or you know, perhaps something more serious than that, but whatever it is, whatever the truth at the heart of it is, um, he then jokes about it publicly. Yeah. I'm like, hang on, who's advising you, Louis C.K.? <laughs> like. <laughs> Too soon, man. This is not the approach. <laughs> he is one of the. Uh, he's. I think he's of the silent generation, so he's older than boomers, and they have this complete lack of understanding of the internet. It was the same thing that happened with the Clinton campaign. Like, it's like they don't realize old videos exist, and everything they say can be immediately undermined with something they used to have said. And he just has no idea that. He thinks that if he says it, CNN's going to report it or MSNBC, and then it's going to go away. And he doesn't realize it just takes on a life of its own and it doesn't stop. But it's not even he's like, you know, the old stuff that they're trawling through and finding. It's the new stuff that's just coming out of his mouth now. Like, it's not, they don't yeah. have to go back in history. Like, he's just going on TV, like live TV and going, I don't reckon the problem is the super rich people. I, reckon, I know a lot of super rich people and they're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> Like, no, it's called... the problem is definitely the super rich people. Maybe not them personally, but the system that has allowed them to be so super rich is the exact problem. It's, yeah. I mean, talk about not being able to read the room. Yeah. It's just completely insane. Well, it's fine to read the room <laughs> he's hanging out with with all these super rich people. Rich people. I know the, fir the first day of his campaign, he went to a fundraiser and met with a bunch of healthcare guys who want to keep... Medicare for all off the off the table. He just got a bunch of checks. You're like, what are you fucking stupid? Uh, yeah. So that's why he has no chance. I that's how that's what I I just think he's everyone's like I know him, so I'll say yes right now. But once I think I think Elizabeth Warren has a really good chance. 
So uh, tell me about Elizabeth Warren, because again, she's probably the next most familiar to international audiences, but without really necessarily knowing her background. So uh, back in the day, she was a Republican. Oh. uh, Like in the 80s, uh, early 90s, maybe. Oh, so she was an 80s Republican, which means that if she's a... 2019 Democrat. It's a pretty, <laughs> she actually holds the exact same position she always has. <laughs> she didn't change. Much, the party's changed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. So she's a capitalist, uh, but she wants to totally reform our capitalist system mm. to give people a fair shake. So she is, let's save capitalism. Bernie is more like, let's kind of get rid of a lot of capitalism. So she's the next step over from Bernie. And in my opinion, she's the only other acceptable candidate. After that, you get just nightmares, like mini mini Clintons, mini Obamas, that kind of thing. So she's, I think she was a professor, uh, economics, and she ran for Senate. Uh, She won, I think she served two Senate terms, but she's always been very anti-Wall Street. So she just attacks Wall Street relentlessly, and she's almost the only one in the Senate who does that. So that so that, that seems that to me seems like something that because like as much as I think that you know to save some of these uh, you know to save the world, and I think it is that desperate in some cases, particularly yeah. when it comes to the environment, we probably need something more drastic than that. However, if we're talking about things that are at, at the very least perhaps achievable. Like somebody who says, okay, I'm okay with capitalism, but I recognize that uh, capitalism, I always think that capitalism is like one of those diseases they introduce to somewhere to like, you know, kill off the rabbit population or whatever. But then suddenly you've got like, yeah, like we don't have any rabbits anymore, but like, (laughs) have you noticed there's like nine tigers in every room? Did you notice the side effect of this thing is like really, really big tigers? Um, Uh, Yeah. And to recognize that, like to... To be able to say the the people who drive me absolutely bananas are the ones that are like who can't accept that capitalism has flaws or that it is an imperfect system. Like capitalism is a good system from taking somewhere from like a third world economy to, you know, a more modern economy. But just because it's good at that doesn't mean it's a good way for a first world economy to sustain an economy. Yeah. Well, then it starts eating itself, Right. right? And it just devours itself, and then you have nothing but you know chaos and and sorrow. Yeah, the, and, the, the, and eight and eight rich guys. Well, that's it, and eight rich guys. Like clearly, you can just look at the evidence and go, "There's something wrong with this system where there's all these people who don't have enough, and then there's just like eight rich guys." It's it's kind of mind boggling that we live in in a place, and I think both their countries in the situation right now where. Everyone isn't everyone isn't just in agreement of like, well, let's just get rid of those people. Let's just take all their money and not let them do that. It's so fucking obvious. Billionaires shouldn't exist. There's heaps more of us than there are of them. Like just yeah. through weight of numbers. But you know what? I was actually reading that newspaper owned by that billionaire and he told me that it was someone <laughs> else's fault. So I'm pretty sure I can trust that. Yeah, that's the rub, isn't it? <laughs> they own all the press. Yeah, weird how, weird how that worked out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, what you're saying to me makes a lot of sense, but I read like nine articles in this newspaper owned by that billionaire and he didn't mention any of those things at all. No, he doesn't. And he said he actually said socialism kills people. Yeah. 
So, I mean, in my in my opinion, the worst case scenario is Sanders or Warren doesn't win. One of the other Democrats do, does win, doesn't do anything for four or eight years. And then what comes is worse than Trump. So, because what Trump has opened the door to is the idea of like a competent Trump. That's right. A very competent Trump. Yeah. And that's when you have Hitler, right? That's when you have a really terrifying monster. I mean, and we and I can see them right now. There's a guy, Tom Cotton. He's from, I think, Arkansas. There's a guy in Texas who lost an eye in the war and, and uh, Dan Crenshaw. I mean, they are straight up competent monsters. I mean, I love the idea that this guy lost an eye in the war. Which war? Do you know which war he lost an eye in? Iraq. Uh, uh, oh. the, good, the good one. <laughs> or as he calls it, Rack, <laughs> obviously. Once he... <laughs> I, just, we're going back for my eye. We're invading again, this time for oil and my eye. We kill every one of those motherfuckers until I find my eye. An eye for an eye. It's in the Bible. Oh, I've read God. it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Um, do you watch the TV show Veep? I don't. I've never watched. You know, I don't watch any comedies. It's it. it, it um, so I've been thinking about it a lot because I've been listening to your uh, new podcast, The West Wing Thing. Uh, a, a West yeah. Wing Thing? The West Wing Thing? West the Wing West thing. Wing Thing. The West Wing Thing. And yeah. um, uh, it's good. Yeah, I've been enjoying it very much. Uh, mostly, oh, thank you. You in particular having a nervous breakdown about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. So I literally kind of. I'm just waiting for an episode where you find one thing that you can hang on to. Because <laughs> you used. To, what I love the most is that you know you used to, like you're like somebody who's been freed from a mass delusion. Like, you know where someone wakes up and they can finally see that the emperor has no clothes? Like, this entire podcast is you just episode after episode realizing that the emperor was even more naked than you thought the emperor was. (laughs) And not only is the emperor naked, but he's walking around masturbating in front of people that no one's noticing, right? And no one's paying attention. And Yeah, that's right. I was thinking about it a lot when I was watching Veep and the final series of Veep because they've... They've done in a, a live action show the closest, I think, to what South Park have done in the way that they've been able to actually legitimately sort of have a have a a, a genuine shot at the system itself rather than just the players uh-huh. within the system. Yeah, I heard it got kind of dark at the end. Dark. It got real dark. And but, yeah. but dark in that way that made you very much they showed how the next Trump you know, the, the next evil Trump can come along. But also that, you know, I guess Selena Myers, like character, like you know, the Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, I guess she's like a Democrat, I think, in the... Yeah, you know, yeah. So, but she, you know, is equally complicit in how, you know, terrible the system has become. And that's what they do with the character. It's it's ve- it's very good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's smart, right? I mean, you you don't get enough of that... We have this real problem that everyone loves Obama and they don't they don't think he did anything wrong when he was actually, in my opinion, a really bad president uh, and set this all up. So when you hear stuff like that, you're like, well, hopefully people will start to wake up to that. But, man, they really love him. Well, I think that he's an incredibly charming person and he, you know, he's like he 
you know, is a good good speaker and he says a lot of the right things. And, and then so what we get into, you know, and both sides do this, of course, right, which is this idea that, um, you know, it's like what I was saying about capitalism before. You start to become a like, well, everything about him is good. Whereas you could actually separate the person and the president from the job they do as the president or from, yeah. you know, specific aspects of, you could say Obama was good at this, this and this and terrible at this, this and this. And I think that's a legitimate conversation to have. Yeah. And, and it's weird that, well, that's, that's just the place we are. Like no one wants to have that conversation. I mean, there's, there's some people that are and do, uh, but they've always been more open to that kind of stuff. But there's just this giant group of people that are like, nope, he was awesome. And you're like, well, he, he did kill a 15 year old with a drone an american citizen yeah but he did it better than well, any other previous person <laughs> he did do it really well yeah uh no but, yeah. but this is the point right like that the idea that you can criticize like just because you know now it's trump like i get the idea of going oh i wish we had a bomber again but it doesn't excuse all the things that Obama did while he was president. Like, you know, you still have to have a legitimate conversation around what it is that you're saying, right? And the yeah. role of, you know, the use of drones or warfare or getting into wars that shouldn't be there or, you know, not not nailing to the wall the idea of a Medicare for all and giving in to, you know, and... Or, and, or punishing and, the banks, you know, all that stuff. But also this idea that somehow we believe that one person is capable or should be responsible for turning around a giant system that has been corrupted bit by bit and there are so yeah. many things in place. Like, no one could fix it. And no one could no. be a perfect president in that situation. And if Bernie Sanders yeah, ends up being president, there'd be a the roadblocks that will be in the way of Bernie trying to do oh. what Bernie wants to do? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It'll be me? crazy. Yeah, it'll be crazy. But, uh, you know, we have 100 million people that don't vote. I mean that's that's insane. So he's the kind of guy that would wake all those people up, and and they'd be like, "Oh, someone's finally actually wants to do something for me," because they no one's had that in forty years. Uh, so some people complain about uh, you know yeah the weirdest things about Trump too, which is always like, "Oh, he just plays too much golf, or you know, he doesn't spend enough time <laughs> in the office." And I'm like. Yeah. Actually, they're they're both positives, by the way. Like I know when he's playing golf, I'm like, great, yeah. oh. golf all cool. the time. Did you did you hear the story about him cheating? Yeah, about with the guy the championship. Yeah, did you hear that? Yes. So I'll just say it for the audience. So he he has at his golf, local golf course in Florida. There was a, a a course championship held for all the all the members, and some guy won, and Trump wasn't there. So he. He comes down a couple weeks later and he sees the guy golfing and the guy's golfing with like his, I think, eight year old kid. And Trump's like, well, you're not officially the champion because I wasn't here. And the guy's like, well, OK, that's not really how it works. And Trump's like, we're going to play the last four holes and whoever wins the last four holes is champion. And he's like, well, I'm just actually playing with my son. And also, he's like, that's, you're doing that's it. Also, not how golf works. <laughs> Jimmy? Like, that's like me going up to like someone who's just run a marathon. And just going, you know what? I'm going to start. I'm going to start 70 meters out. That's and right. once you get to 70, we're going to race. And if I beat you, I'm the marathon champion. Sorry. <laughs> That's how it works because I wasn't here. So you really yeah. didn't win, did you? No, I wasn't here. Uh, so he makes a guy and his kid and his kid play. 
So the three of them are playing, and they get to this one hole where there's a, a water, uh, what do you call it, water hazard? Uh, hazard. And the kid hits it over, and his dad hits it over, and then Trump hits the ball into the water. And then he gets in his cart and drives ahead with the Secret Service guys, and the kid and dad walk up, and Trump is about to hit one of the balls that's on the green, and they go, that's my son's ball and he goes no it isn't it's my ball and they look at the secret service guy and he goes it's the president's ball it's the president's ball and then the president plays the kid's ball and wins and now he's the champion <laughs> i mean they could actually find donald trump's yeah ball but it would involve them draining the swamp which he's been incapable of doing so <laughs> There's something crazy. Someone was talking about it the other day, and it's he's so fucking crazy. But then stories like that amuse the shit out of me. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but because that is there, there is a part of you that goes, well, that's a harmless thing for the president to be, you know, like it, I, it obsesses you, like you know that you go, well, yeah, he's yeah. just clearly like this in every single way. Like every single aspect every. of his life is him just, yeah. you know, he, he got in by cheating. Uh, he's always cheated, but he lives in this delusion where, you know, it's his golf course and he's the president. So he can just play an yeah. eight-year-old kid's ball and claim it as his own and then tell the champion, I'm the champion. And he has to be because he's the president. So there's part of me that's like, oh, well, that is... Quite hilarious. And if nothing else, I'd encourage more of that. I reckon he should yeah. take on every champion in every sport. He should just... I would like to but, see Donald Trump go on a tour of like just every major sport and just go, well, I'm sorry, I'm the president. I challenge you for the title. He just shows up and tells the Warriors he's on their team now. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, Kevin Durant's out for the finals. Trump's in. But just for the last 30 seconds of every game. <laughs> Oh, so great. Oh, man. Anyway, he's, he's, it's all, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to tell his followers to kill everybody once he gets kicked out of office or whatever. Well, that's the other bit, isn't it? There's, there's a part of you that's like, I just hope that it plays out in a way that is, um, you, you do worry that however it finishes based on what it has become now that the end result of him either being turfed out, like, you know, you can imagine the fake news around, you know, the actual fake news around it, you know, around the cheating that was done or this and that happened or it'll be used as an opportunity for hate groups to say, you know, black people were voting here or this was happening here mm -hmm. or whatever and divide people more. And then the next step on with that, as we've seen, you know, with that Australian guy in New Zealand and a few other sort of, you know, those alt-right inspired white supremacist, like, you know, terror events now is you could just see that kicking off. Like it's, yeah. it's hard to know which way it ends with Trump that doesn't end in, in violence now. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and the more you read about them, they are salivating to shoot people. Yeah. Like they are just, they they just cannot wait to kill people. Like there's pro there was a protest in um, Portland, which is a lot of stuff has been going on in Portland fights and stuff. And and there's like a, I think they're called the Patriot Prayer Christians, you know, and 
who opposed the anti antifa whatever and they found that they had all these weapons on the top of a parking garage because they were going to shoot down and just kill people yeah they're just, they're, they're waiting aren't they they're just ready to go yeah. it, like it's like remember when crusty uh becomes a, a dark stand-up comedian do you remember yeah. he puts his hair in his ponytail and he starts talking yeah. about he, he burns some money and then homer <laughs> keeps yelling out do you want us to burn our pants should we burn our <laughs> pants like it feels to me like the alt-right is like homer just so desperate to burn their pants and just be waiting to get permission to burn their pants There's also this other crazy part to it that the the Q the QAnon stuff, which is crazy conspiracy theory, uh, just madness. Like none of it makes sense. So, um, so do we know what it? Is? Can you give us a quick explanation of it? I I, I can't because it doesn't. I mean, it's basically uh, they think the deep state is trying to overthrow the government and. And it's all associated with pedophilia, and it just literally, okay. the more you get into it, you're like, oh, none of this makes sense. All right. I think there's a lot of people in our country who are on meth. Well, and there is, isn't there? I mean, like, I mean, there yeah. is everywhere. Like, in Australia, that's a massive problem, too. And I think there's just a lot, a lot of that is just people f- tweaking and losing their shit. And it's just seeping into the, the discourse and the society, and it's crazy. Uh, well, that I mean, that's what needs to be added to this situation. Meth. <laughs> Anything that aids rational decision-making, it's meth. Meth. It was, if you want to think, everything's a good idea. <laughs> meth. Well, at least we have, meth. At least we have guns You can never in. get off it. Meth. <laughs> Why not try a drug that has a 2% chance of rehab? Meth. Do you hate your teeth? Rip them out. Meth. Would you like to fuck for nine hours? No. Meth. Meth. <laughs> like, I always love well, all the things that they say, too. Is it, it is always one of those ones where the, all the uh, supposed advantages of meth, all the things they always say, oh, yeah, you can, like, fuck for nine hours. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, that is, why would you? Like, in a year, maybe? But, like... <laughs> Are you talking about cumul- cumulative? You, or right? Cumulative. In a, year. In a row? <laughs> I'm happy with nine hours in a year, honestly. I'm 45. My hips are bad. I can't fuck for nine hours in a row. I'd like to be able to sleep for nine hours in a row. That's You got a drug for that? <laughs> uh, God. So, yeah, I I think you're right. I, yeah, it's just so... I think everyone's starting to cue into it, too. People are starting to realize this is going to end in violence and... And we're and you know all the guns like we're set up for it like where it's just the perfect disaster. So, what's it like in California at the moment? Because you know, obviously, you know, it's not California is not necessarily the rest of America when it comes to these sort of things. So, what's what's it like in your part of the woods? I mean, we, you know, I, I obviously live in a in a, a liberal enclave. I'd call it. Mm. Um, it's not it's not that bad like we we we're not dealing with the abortion stuff we're not dealing you know um it's all pretty normal here it's it's an it's an economic bubble based on you know uh the movie industry show business and and defense contractors like that's los angeles so there's just tons of money here and it's not like what's happening in the rest of the country it just doesn't feel remotely the same 
Um, hey, uh, I, I'm just going to take a quick bathroom break, if that's right. I'll be back in a sec. Yeah. There he goes. Leave the door open. <laughs> Um, so sorry, I had a little bathroom break, uh, Dave, because I'm an old man who can't get through an hour-long podcast these days without having to go to the bathroom. I get it. Um, how are you? I haven't. Uh, like, we've talked a lot about America so far, and this has worked quite well. I hope, hopefully, we can do this again. Like we, yeah. were, this was a little experiment to see if we could uh, actually make it all work, but it seems to have worked okay. So hopefully, we can have a more regular catch-up. But uh, how are you? What's going on in your world? Um, it's you know, it's so my. Oh, I can't say it. Uh, I'm just mostly doing the podcast, <laughs> which I'll be which I'll be doing more of <laughs> for, for absolutely no other reason. <laughs> Read nothing that into that. I just like podcasts. I like podcasts a lot. I just want to focus on my podcasting. I have the dollop. I have the West Wing thing. And will you know if you want to catch up more often, have a listen to more fofops again for no real reason though, just because of the pure love of podcasting and absolutely nothing else ever. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we covered that off. I think everything's fine. Uh, um, yeah. So it's mostly just doing the podcast, trying to get the climate change group started, which is very close now. And uh, and watching my kid play baseball, being very disappointed in baseball as a sport. Uh, okay, so why um, I, why are you disappointed in baseball as a sport? So it's really weird. It's it's like it became uh, the computer guys took over, and 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 everything became about stats and and how to bat this way and how to do this and how to do that and. Dave, are you, fairly... Dave, are you talking about Moneyball? <laughs> yeah, basically. But it seems like it's gone beyond Moneyball and it's just into computer ball. So it used to be a sport where guys would try to get hits and move around the bases and a lot of stuff's going on. And, and they determined that that didn't matter as much as just trying to hit a home run and strikeouts don't matter anymore and try to get a walk or a home run. So there's no action anymore. It's just like... No one gets singles or doubles. You're you're trying to hit a home run, so it's just guys going up and swinging as hard as they can for a home run, and they hit a home run, and then that's like, oh, that's the game. So it's just boring. Um, so a lot of people my age are like turning off and just not really paying attention anymore because we grew up sort of when it was a different way it was played. Uh, so it's kind of weird. It's been such a huge part of my life, and now I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch it anymore. Like it's been. It's the thing. Every year, baseball is what it's, it starts in April and it goes until November, and that's that's my whole life. And I am every game watching or paying attention, and now I'm just checking out completely. How many games of uh, baseball do they play in a, in a season? One hundred and sixty-two. Do you feel like that's not enough? Do you feel like <laughs> that's the problem? <laughs> that you're just getting a little amuse bouche, a little taste. <laughs> A baseball, and if they just maybe yeah. tripled the yeah. amount of games they played, your, your joy of it had come back. Yeah, I mean that's been talked about that we definitely need a few more games in Australian rules football. If you play 162 games, you've had a pretty good career. 
By the way, my uh, my AFL team is doing great. Uh, so you follow uh, the Greater Western Sydney Giants, yes? Oh yeah. Hold on. Oh, hang on, hang on. There's movement. Dave's uh, gone into his bunker, um, and uh, he's come back, and he's wearing <laughs> wearing his Giants cap. Um, yes, look at uh, the the Greater Western Sydney Giants, um, GWS, uh, who are. Coached by um, a former Western Bulldogs player, Leon Cameron, uh, who was a, a Bulldogs champion, one of my favourite players uh, when I was growing up. Uh, Leon Cameron, who's the coach of GWS, and they are—they're having a pretty good season. GWS, yeah, they're quite—they're doing quite well. Uh, that's why I love them. Um, who's your favourite player again? What? Who's your favourite player again? Uh, I like the young fella. Yeah, which one? Uh, starts with a K. Yep, sure. Wait, I'm thinking. Uh... <laughs> are you thinking or are you googling, Dave? That's. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. It's Toronto. <laughs> what? Whitfield. Whitfield. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, he's great. Uh, he's new. Yeah. He's new. Yeah. He's exciting. He's not really that new. No, he is exciting. He's, he's new exciting. to me. <laughs> he's <laughs> new to you. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, well, that is a very Donald Trump way of thinking. That the world doesn't exist until you acknowledge it. As far as I know, mm. this sport didn't exist until I started watching it this year. Can I just say that uh, at one at one point, Charlie convinced me to root for St. Kilda. Yeah. And one of the best decisions I have ever made is to follow my heart and follow my giants. Um, have you ever been to Greater Western Sydney? I, I, I Like... You've been to Sydney, but have you ever ventured to the west of Sydney at all? Do you need to go to the place a team is from to really love it? No, I don't think so. Who do you follow in the uh, in the English football? Manchester United. Never been there. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. You don't. You know. You don't need to go to Manchester to to love Manchester United. I have never been to. I don't even know where it would be. Where, like, where do you live? Is that Eastern Sydney's? Yeah, Eastern, Eastern suburbs. Yeah, the east. Yeah, that's East. It's the other way. I've never gone that way. No, no. <laughs> you guys flew to Canberra from Sydney, didn't you? You didn't drive. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So you've yeah, you've never been there, but that's actually good, Dave, because much like uh, most of the players who play for Greater Western Sydney, they don't live there either. So <laughs> they all live in the eastern suburbs by the beach, which is real nice. So, is it a beach place? No, the beach is the eastern suburbs where I live, and so that's where the players live. What a, a Western Sydney is uh, the outbackish uh, edge of the. Well, it's actually where the the real um, it'd be like the valley. So, oh, so perfect. lots of people who you know, it's a cheaper place to live. Actually, where the majority of the population actually live, you know, like yeah. it's actually the heart of where Sydney is, but you know, all the sort of, you know, rich fancy people live by the ocean. So that's yeah. the Eastern suburbs. And then yeah, yeah the West is real. The heartland, the, the the heartland of Sydney. Yeah. So I chose really the, the working man's uh, team. Let's put it that way. Well, but certainly from the, certainly from the working man's part of the world. Yes. So, Geographically, you've chosen a team that fits your political ideology. Now, the GWS were a created team uh, into the competition by the AFL, and they were given 
everybody else has uh, had to give uh, both draft choices and money to establish the franchise. So essentially they got all the best young players and were play- able to pay them all millions of dollars. So not necessarily working class in the way the club was put together, more like an all-stars team of all the best juniors, but certainly geographically, yes. Well, it's, it's who the working class deserve. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's the heroes the working class deserve. Yeah, it's like when a big celebrity is making a movie in Canada. Like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, so the climate. Let's talk about the climate before we go because that's. Oh. Um, it's um, not good. It's really not good. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not good. <laughs> Well, you know what? It's actually cold here um, today in uh, Melbourne, uh, which is nice because uh, it is the end of May. Um, normally, it would have got cold two months ago. It didn't. Um, uh, lots of people have been really celebrating that. Lots of people have been going, isn't it great how amazing uh, the the weather is? I, I think that just makes me want to lose my mind. Like right now in LA, we've had tons of rain and it's not supposed to rain now. It's The rain should have stopped two months ago and everyone's like isn't this great and you're like eh, it's not yeah it's not supposed to be happening so not great um oh, I do have you... I put the, oh my god i put the mic down i stopped talking <laughs> oh that's because you went to the bathroom that's true that was my fault well look really it was only you know look you'll, you'll just have some off mic thoughts about the greater western cindy team it's fine it's okay <laughs> didn't miss too much Imagine if someone was like, hang on, there's something wrong with the environment. I missed Dave what Dave said. He wasn't on mic, and I've heard no other news about this environment. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I think it's going great. Um, we, we've now moved into massive flooding in the, in the Midwest, which is exciting. The people who thought that nothing would happen and that the coast would burn and, and then... Uh, sea level will rise they didn't realize that climate change means tons of snow that then melts and then their houses are underwater it's it's one of those things where in australia um yeah my where my parents live on their dairy farm uh they're having the worst drought of my dad's life he reckons like uh, they've never experienced a drought like it in his entire life and they've been through some tough ones um, yeah australia is like known for droughts yeah and uh well it's been known for droughts and flooding rains but we're not getting many of the flooding rains anymore just just the droughts yeah, this the droughts yeah and it is one of those things where like the the way the press tries to paint it is that climate change is like an inner city um you know uh, latte drinking inner city you know sort of yeah. issue whereas like as my dad said like you know it's actually farmers and stuff who can yeah who who see that the weather and the climate is changing, that it actually affects on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's right. And I, I've been, you know, because I'm becoming more involved, I've been uh, hearing more about farmers and the farmers are like, no, this is fucked up and we need to do something, which is the only thing that gives me hope that the Republicans won't win the next election is that the, all those people who everyone thinks is not going to vote that way are going to be like, yeah, we got to do something. Yeah, except for the uh, other farmers who were like, yeah, that's why we told you we have the factory farms. They're indoors. <laughs> They're actually better for the animals. The animals aren't getting rained on all the time. This is this is better. They like it. They're inside a nice factory, close to the other cows. 
God. It's it's it, it, the cool thing about uh, the climate change uh, situation is every day a news story comes out that's more horrifying than the last. Well, every day, and then and every, every day, day people just ignore it. Did you hear about the bramble K rat? The bramble K rat is that the one that went extinct in Australia? Yeah, that's yeah. the fir- that's the f- the first one, right? And, uh, and it was just because of I'll climate change, the right? Article for those that who don't know. Um, for thousands of years, generations of Melamus rubicola lived and bred on a sandy bank in the Torres Strait known as Bramble Cay. Sometime between 2009 and 2014, the last of this species died, probably drowned in a storm surge due to climate change. Um, wow. Yeah, so the first the first official animal uh, to... Uh, uh, yeah, to be dead due to climate change and uh, in Australia. So, number one, well done. Yeah, you guys seem like you're on the uh, the front lines. That's how it feels watching what's happening. Oh, well, I mean, for a country that is particularly um, worried about, you know, people coming by boat and things like that, <laughs> I mean, firstly, probably just let them come by boat and keep the boats. You might just say, if you could come in by a boat... Could you bring a spare boat? Because they're going to be really handy in a couple of years. But secondly, is that the countries around us are the ones that are going to suffer, like from, you know, the, yeah. well, already suffering from the effects of the rising oceans, and we're going to have climate change refugees very, very soon. So the idea that, very. like, not only is the country of Australia going to be affected by, in like a physical sense, in that our weather and climate is going to be affected, but. Like, yeah, when these small island nations start to go underwater, they're all going to get in boats and come to Australia. Now, I'm not a person who is like a, you know, stop the boats person. But if you were, and a lot of people are, it turns out, that's yet another compelling argument for, you know, doing something about climate change. Yeah, it's the same thing here. You know, we have the the quote-unquote caravans of people coming up from Central America. And the reason they're coming up is because... They're having the worst droughts they've ever had. All the farms have gone under. They can't grow anything. They're having to eat roots in the jungles, you know, and um, uh, people in the cities won't take them to, like, they won't take people from the rural areas to the cities because the, there's too many people in the cities. So they're walking up to the border, and then we put them in concentration camps. It's the same thing, but it's, it's harder to get in a boat, but eventually they'll get in boats. Anyway, you can understand how this uh, conversation seven years ago got pretty depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's crazy that it's not even our our conversation. I don't think was as bad as what's happening. <sighs> Look, I think that um, I think that we're. It's hard to know. What do you think? Do you think that? Like scientists, because uh, there's two lots of arguments now. One of which is because I read the IPCC report into climate change. I wrote a whole bit about oh. uh, climate change for my for my new stand up show, and I thought, you know, mm-hmm. if I was going to do this, I'll read the IPCC report into climate change, and I should not have done that. I am. Um, <laughs> it has haunted me. Like it's it's horrible. I, it, it like keeps me up at night. Like I can't stop yeah. thinking about it. Like. I'm like, why are they oh not my writing God. about this? Why not? Like, this is... Like, I've started... You're the, losing... I'm like, like the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm going to get a petition together. 
to get them to rewrite the IPCC report into climate change into something I can enjoy more because it's terrifying. <laughs> you're losing sleep? I didn't think you were one of those people. Yeah, I've been losing sleep for over a year and a half. I wake up in the middle of the night. I can't sleep. I'm terrified because I have a kid, too, and you have nieces and nephews. I don't know if you like them, but uh, it's terrifying to think of the world that these people are going to inherit. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't have kids of my own, but, yeah, my brother and sister both have kids, and I'm quite fond of them all. Like, And, yeah. and like three of the girls have red hair. I mean, they're not going to oh survive my God. The, the, the blazing sun that Australia is going to have on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, they're just not equipped for the evolutionary next no. step. No, they they are completely completely screwed. Red-haired people should not. They they should already be digging tunnels. Well, I would be tunneling if I had red hair. Just it's like, forget university. Just learn how to dig. How do you feel about tunnels? Go into tunneling, and you just learn anything you can about tunnels. You know what? <laughs> Let's start with Shawshank. Shawshank's a good way to get into it. You'll like Shawshank, right? And then I'll get you a poster. You can practice at home. And then you know what? There's this guy called... In fact, if anything, we've got to learn from El Chapo. This is a man who, you know, is a master of tunneling. Instead of imprisoning him, we should be actually consulting El Chapo and his people. In fact, if anything, maybe you make a deal with El Chapo... And you say, look, we'll let you bring the cocaine into oh. America. But in return, you're going to need to build a series of tunnels and, you know, underground systems so that we can live in. Can we not have Uncle Will come over for Christmas anymore? Yep. His tunnel stories are scary. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now, now. <laughs> now we know what Elon Musk is doing. Right, oh, yeah, all of his but, tunnels. Well, that's right, because that train system made no sense, did it? Like, because they None. measured like how long it would take you and how much it would cost per journey and all these sort of things. But if he's just using it as an elaborate ruse so that he can build some tunnels <laughs> for his underground... <laughs> like, he's got two options, Elon. He's looked at the future and he's gone, I've either got to make it to Mars or I've got to live underground. They are the only two <laughs> options I have left. <laughs> It's 100% true. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's going to become a mole person. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. Maybe that's why you were so mad about those Thai re cave rescuers. He oh, my like, God. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <that's> what... <laughs> so, so, so in my, in my mind, we start seeing... A lot less food being made in like 10 years. Starvation. That's when the that's when the people start moving all over the earth. I always thought that I wouldn't live to see the really bad, bad, bad shit. But now I'm like, oh, I'm going to die when it's a nightmare. Like the end of my life is like, I see it. I see it all. Which is a super awful feeling. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hopeful that, you know, you'll get murdered by someone who's on the dollar budget <laughs> forums. Well, before climate change gets you, you know? <laughs> That's... Someone from Twitter has to kill me. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, 
when Trump dies of a heart attack and they blame it on like him being poisoned or whatever and they you know decide to start shooting people and there's some some dude who's just recently burnt his pants will break into your house and murder you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, just screaming. Yeah, last this word- is because you complained about baseball. <laughs> there's it's a America's game. There is a greater chance someone kills me about my baseball opinion than anything else. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I I still think that, yeah, probably realistically, you know, in the world that I live in and operate in, you know, I'm not going to see, you know, the really, really fucked up stuff. But what, yeah. what we are probably going to see is, well, what we don't know is that point of no return, right? Yeah, because everybody yeah. treats it like, you know, these targets that we have for Paris and all these sort of things. Like somehow it's like a thermostat and that you can yeah. just kind of like, well, we got it up to here. But as long as we just dial it back, all the effects of climate change will also dial back. But that's not how the yeah. planet works. It's not like, you know, if everybody suddenly reduces their emissions to negative emissions, the, the Bramble K rat suddenly just pops out of nowhere. And I go, I was here, not even extinct. You fixed it. I was waiting in my in my tunnel. <laughs> it was just too hot. <laughs> I've been living underground. It's just gingers down there. You guys seen you guys seen Shawshank? <laughs> Elon Musk won't shut up. Uh yeah. Uh, the next, well, I, I wonder if uh, I won't see the worst of it and I'll be protected from the worst of it because I'm, you know, like in a privileged position in a privileged country. So like sure. those those things will protect me from being the sort of person who experiences the worst of it. But I think that within our lifetime, heaps of like millions of other people will experience the worst of it. And then yeah. whatever the ongoing sort of ramifications of that on our lives and our worlds will happen like but that's the truth i mean there's people who are already experiencing it you know there's there's some people who for us having a conversation around will we see the disastrous effects of this is already a privileged conversation because if you are living you know in bangladesh or whatever you're already you know experiencing you know some of the effects of it and it's only going to get worse in the next five years and ten years they can't wait for fucking paris you know, the Paris Agreement, they, they're they fucked now and they need shit to be done yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, you know, islands are going away and... Yeah, but they're being replaced dirt, by giant garbage dirt that doesn't, islands, Dave. The what? The islands of garbage. So we won't have oh, Bangladesh, right. but we'll have a giant island of garbage and plastic bags, so but, it'll be fine. But you know what? You know what's so fucked about that is they're so not thankful that we're doing that for no. them. Your original country is underwater, but you Bangladeshis can live on these Coke bottles, so... Yeah, you can you can float around the whole world now. You're not stuck in one place. Yeah, exactly. You can just float around on your on your waste island. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Um, hey, this was fun. We should um, uh, finish up, but um, could, we could do this again, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this went this went well. I was uh, this is. Uh, well, I say this, and then, of course, in traditional faux fop style, something will have gone wrong. There was that brief period well, where I you did didn't put... talk into the microphone, but other than that, I think it went well. <laughs> that was my fault. I mean, there I was the, the time. Toilet. 
there was that time when a professional comedian put down the microphone and just yeah. started talking. Well, and <laughs> professional comedian and podcaster, let's be honest. Somebody who, as I've recently heard, is going to have a lot of time to be podcasting. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. How to podcast, but that's okay. That is very on brand for this, mate. Um, well, let's plug the podcast you currently have, The Dollop, uh, of course. Yes. Um, great podcast. And also, um, yes, your new podcast, The West Wing Thing. Um, now, t- tell me about the fellow you do that with. Who is he? Josh Olson. Uh, I met him during the Writers uh, Guild strike in 2008 or something. Uh, and he is uh, Oscar nominated writer of uh, History of Violence. Uh, so he's a screenwriter, and uh, we just started hanging out, uh, and we have the same political sort of opinions and ideas about how things are working. And we have the same opinion about the West Wing, which is that it influenced a lot of people in the wrong way. Yeah, uh, people that, in power. It, the interesting thing about it, because I, as I've told you, recently rewatched um, all seven series of the West Wing in about a week and a half, probably it's total. Just, I cannot imagine that. Well, look, a lot of it hasn't dated well, it's fair to say. <laughs> and, um, but it's been interesting to listen to you guys because I think you're both like me in that you both really enjoyed the show when it was mm-hmm. first out. And yeah. many of the criticisms that you're now making of the show are things that, you know, you, you're not you're not sitting there going, and I knew this was the case or noticed this was the case when I first watched it and how smart am I? Some of it is you're re-watching it and going, oh, wow, like this is even, you know, the messaging in this and the kind of themes and the way the themes are presented are very different to what I imagined this show was and what it was about in the first place. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think it was a, you know, now you can look back because everything has changed so much. But at the time, it seemed like a harmless television show. And you yeah. didn't realize that people were, were actually watching it going, this is what we should do. And look, <laughs> so, you know, I will say probably in its defense, they probably didn't set out and go to go like, this is how people will yeah. be. Like, you know, it, yeah. is, it is also the fault of the people who watched the show and went much in the same way as they said when The Sopranos was on that. Gang, like mafia guys became a lot more mafia again because it was yeah. a period of time where they like were actually pretty low key about being in the mafia because it's actually uh, yeah. to be honest most of the time it's probably pretty good for people to <laughs> for that to be a secret that you're in the mafia yeah you want to stay a little under the under the radar on that but, one. but apparently when the Sopranos came out suddenly everybody was like you know acting like they were the guys from the Sopranos again so <laughs> Uh, the, yeah. the West Wing has certainly had that influence on you know modern political culture, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it, it's funny. There's a there's this uh, article in a uh, an online uh, what a magazine called Current Affairs uh, called the Obama Boys, and a guy went through and read all of the guy who guys who worked in Obama's White House all their autobiographies, and it's he put it all together, and it's. It's stunning. My jaw dropped because it's it's the West Wing. All right. Well, it's a great podcast. You definitely should listen to it. Uh, Josh is fantastic, and he manages to keep you from uh, just screaming <laughs> incoherently. <laughs> Which, it's look. That's the hardest thing for anybody I do a podcast with. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It was a real professional admiration. I was like, I beat you, dude. I get it. Yeah. You really relate to. Him. <laughs> 
I can I, I can see the red mist taking over your eyes and him having to back slightly away from a point he agrees with but realizes he doesn't agree with quite as much as you've leaned into it. Yeah, no, no, I've been there. I hear you, Josh. Me and Josh might get together, have a little chat. Have a little, yeah, you, little. You and you and Josh and uh, Gareth have a uh, like a support a, like a, group. A, a yeah, tw- a, yeah, support group. Yeah, yeah. It's like an Avengers yeah. Endgame when Captain America was in his little <laughs> support group after the snap. That's that's me and all Dave's co-hosts. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, mate, uh, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was great. Um, oh, in the old days, you used to do a little uh, a, a thing uh, for, for, for uh, like a you know. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just do the classic fof out. Mm-hmm.